When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How are we doing, people? How are we doing? Yes, welcome back to Fantasy Football Scout. I am Jay London, a.k.a. FPL of the day. And this is another knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, the knee-jerk for game week 35 uh, it's the third one now in a row. We're basically looking at the fixtures from the game week that we've just had and setting ourselves up nicely in preparation for the following game week, yeah, for the next game week. There's only four game weeks left as well. So, yeah, we, we need to really be thinking about our transfers now. We've only got four left, which is a really scary thought. I know a lot of people are going to be bench boosting in game week 36 um, and 37 as well. Loads of people using their free hit and that as well. So, yeah, we've got lots to talk about. Loads of eventful bits that happened throughout the weekend. Obviously, we've still got a couple more fixtures to play, but there's still a lot to talk about. So, yeah, let's just dive straight in. First and foremost, let's just have a quick look at the fixtures just so we can see what's going on. I'm not going to spend too much time dwelling on this because, obviously, we're going to go through each one game by game. And let's start. Let's start where it hurts. Let's start with Arsenal. Against Manchester United, I'm saying it hurts because obviously, as you can see in the background, the Man United shirt, I'm a Man United fan and it's just not going very well, is it? If you are a Man United fan. Um, yeah, Arsenal are going to be happy with that result. Watching the game though, uh, and those of you that have watched any of the videos on my own YouTube channel, FPL of the day, or seen any of these knee-jerk reaction videos, you'll know that I'm an eye test man. And watching the game, it, it was quite tight. If we're being really, really honest, and that's not me speaking as a biased Man United fan, it could have gone either way, especially when it was 2-1 and then uh, Bruno missed that penalty, <sighs> which hurts for me as a Man United fan. But if you've got him in your team, um, especially instead of like someone like Ronaldo, that's really going to be painful for you. So yeah, I, I feel the pain. I feel the agony. But yeah, he missed that. Um, Dallow obviously hit the post as well a couple of times, hit the crossbar. Man United was denied um, quite a few bits and bobs as well. <sighs> Penalty decisions, which just didn't go Man United's way. So, yeah, it was quite a tight game. It was a great way to kick off the game week because so much stuff happened. I'm gutted because I got rid of Saka. Um, and he's going to be the first person that I'm going to say we need to try and hang on to going into game week 35 and 36. If you've got him... I wouldn't be transferring him out. He just looks like he's in really, really good form. And he looks like he's on it. And it really did hurt when he came out of the team. And yeah, it looks like he's on penalties now as well. So great strike from Xhaka. Um, Tavares, we don't expect him to be getting many more goals. Arsenal, yet again, haven't kept a clean sheet. So yeah, I wouldn't be targeting any of their defenders. And Man United, oh, yeah, I'm just going to be staying away from their players for the rest of the season. Because... We just really don't know what's going on there. It's a shambles. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm not going to dwell on it anymore. 
the only player that I'm going to be focusing on from that game is maybe Saka. Eddie Nketiah is obviously a nice little enabler as well. I know a lot of people have got him in their teams. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't begrudge you if, if you stick with him and hope that he continues to play throughout the rest of the season and throughout the rest of the games. Arsenal, of course, do have a double game week coming up in 36 as well. So, yeah, he's going to be a nice player to own. Um, but Saka still looks like the guy for me. So let's move on. Let's move on to Brighton next. Um, just because it wasn't really what we expected. Again, another fixture that came from Brighton. They've scored two goals again. Um, and I just feel for you if you was a Ward-Prowse owner in the past and then you've taken him out. <laughs> Again, this guy has scored a free kick. I think some of us could anticipate that Ward-Prowse was due some returns in due course. I don't know if anyone expected him to score two goals against Brighton. But yeah, I I'm not going to be looking at Southampton just for the rest of the season. Just because, yeah, they haven't got any double game weeks coming up um, as far as I know. And yeah, it looks like there's so many more players that we could be targeting. Adams is, of course, back in the team. Um and yeah, in terms of Brighton players, I don't know, like, again, they're not really keeping many clean sheets to, to concede two goals against Southampton. It just, their fixtures could just go either way. When we see them playing, we just don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, they're, they're pulling out shock results then they're conceding two goals against Southampton. So I'm not going to be going anywhere near either of these two teams. Um, and yeah, I just really feel for you if you brought in, if you brought in James Ward-Prowse, a couple of weeks ago and then you've taken him out because you're either on a wild card or you've brought in somebody else then that is painful that is truly truly painful because he's come away with two goals and they were two great goals as well that second strike ah, oh, yeah <laughs> well done well done um, if you are a Ward Prowse owner let's move on next to the Burnley fixture and I want to move on to this because again there's a player there that I feel for a little bit if you are an owner of Weghorst. Because, yeah, he, he's a person that I had in my team for a little while. Um, I quickly got rid of him after the double game weeks. And now it just looks like he's picking up a little bit of form. He scored a goal recently. Um, and, of course, he got an assist in the last game. And Burnley's an interesting one. Because, yeah, we saw how they played midweek. And they looked like some sort of, like... Burnley Brazil like I don't know what was going on but it was just it was just attacking and attacking and that's kind of what we wanted when we all did own Weghorst and when, when we did own players like Corne and things like that so I'm going to keep my eye on them um, they've come away with another clean sheet as well which again if you are like a Tarkovsky owner or you own some of the defenders or even Nick Pope you're going to be laughing um, but yeah going ahead going forward into the season they're not going to be a team that I'm rushing to bring players in for. And Wolves just, again, we just don't know what's happening with him. It was nice to see that Jimenez is back. It is really nice to see that Jimenez is back and Hwang's back. And maybe they can pick up some form and they can find some sort of chemistry up front and, and really attack the rest of the season because they're going to need to. But yeah, big result for Burnley. Looks like they're going to be safe now. Um We've still got quite a bit to go. But yeah, it looks like they could be surviving that. Um, and it would be nice to have them still in the Premier League. Uh, maybe we might want to be looking at players like Weghorst next season. And who knows what his price is going to be. <laughs> but yeah, For now, I still feel like there's better players that we could be going for. If, you're, if you've got Weghorst in your team, maybe you just keep him for the next fixture and see how that goes. But I wouldn't be rushing to get in any Burnley players or any Wolves players for that matter. So... 
yeah, not much to discuss there. It was a little bit of a boring 1-0. And speaking of boring games, before we get into this Manchester City one, let's have a look at the Leicester fixture because loads of us obviously have been eyeing up Leicester players. Um, I know a lot of people own Madison. They own Barnes as well. Um, maybe you might own Iniacho. I actually played my wild card um, for game week 34. So I brought in... Um, Ollie Watkins, who did absolutely nothing. Ramsey, I've got, he was on the bench, but he, he didn't really look like doing anything. And Philippe Coutinho is a guy that I'm going to be watching. So I'll come on to him in just a bit. But let's just talk about Leicester for the first, for, for now. Um, James Madison obviously played the game. There's there's still a lot of rotation risk, and we're not quite sure how many games players like Madison or Barnes are going to be participating in. Um, and just the fact that they've come away with like a nil-nil, like, I'm just not too sure that I'll be wanting to go anywhere near Leicester. I'm still going to be watching and trying to work out how many games Madison and Barnes is going to be playing. And for the last four games of the season, I don't know if that's something that we want to be doing, uh, especially the the fact that they're competing in other competitions. <sighs> Game week 36 potentially does look really, really nice for Leicester, though, and it would be nice to, to have one of the Leicester boys. I feel like Kasper Schmeichel is probably the safest bet. He's probably the safest bet. And how... How unexciting is that to be talking about a goalkeeper as the most safe player to bring in? Like, ugh, I don't know. If you do own Madison and you do own Barnes, maybe it might be worth considering keeping them just because, yeah, they are, especially like Barnes, he had a nice little rest. So, yeah, he might be starting the next fixture. Who knows there? But we'll just keep an eye on the international fixtures and see what happens. Um, and yeah, Aston Villa. Philippe Coutinho um, is a guy that I was talking about in my in my most recent video that I dropped on my own YouTube channel at FPL of the day. So go and have a little look at that and let me know if you agree with the transfers that I picked for the rest of the season. I've highlighted five players there. And Philippe Coutinho is definitely a guy that is on my wish list, mainly because of the double-double. Like, he's got a double game week in 36 and then the fixtures is going on for the rest of the season cannot they just cannot be ignored that's why i've brought in ollie watkins on my own personal wild card so yeah i wouldn't begrudge anyone who's who's looking to bring in someone like watkins um someone like ramsey who's a nice cheap enabler as well or philippe coutinho i just feel like it's a matter of time that he comes away with some return so if we're talking about some knee-jerk reactions i'm gonna say maybe hold barnes if you have him start thinking about how you're going to get to players like coutinho um, or maybe Ollie Watkins if that's easier um, and then yeah we'll, we'll go from there and see just exactly how many games Leicester are going to be playing their strongest teams in because I, I don't know man there's too much of rotation risk there for me way too much and speaking of rotation and speaking of Pep Roulette let's dive in to the game that we was all very envious of yep how many of us actually can honestly say that we considered Gabriel Jesus for this game. I actually did dabble with it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna big it up too much because yeah, I I don't feel like I was ever gonna really bring him in. But I did at one point. I did transfer him in when I was playing around with the wild card. He was probably in the team for about two minutes, and I thought, yeah, if he if I knew that he was gonna start, he would definitely be in the team. Which goes without saying for pretty much most of the Manchester City team, right? You don't need me to tell you that. But yeah, Gabriel Jesus coming away with all of those goals and all of those points. Like, have you seen the bonus point system? I've left it on the screen. 
128 bonus points. You can see that right there. I don't think I've ever seen that many bonus points. Correct me if I'm wrong down in the comments below. Um, so it's a tricky one. The question is, do we bring in Gabriel Jesus now going forward for the rest of the season? And I'm going to say it is very, very risky. He still is quite pricey. Uh, he still can be affected by Pep Roulette. And when he does play, we don't know how many goals he's actually going to going to participate with. I feel like now that he's scored the four goals, could that be him for the rest of the season? Let's keep a close eye on it. See what happens in the next fixture. See if he gets rested um, in that Champions League game. And then, yeah, if you do have a spare position or you're getting um, a little bit annoyed with Timo Werner, then, yeah, that's an easy swap. We also need to see and work out where that Manchester City Wolves fixture is going to be. Um, but yeah, I really did like the look of Jesus. Of course we did. Um, and if you do by somehow manage to own Gabriel Jesus, then let me know down in the comments below because what a player. What a player to own. Maybe some of you captained him. Who knows? If you captained Gabriel Jesus, let us all know down in the comments below because, yeah, we need to celebrate that and we need to praise you um, from, <laughs> from now until the end of the season. Great strike from Rodri. Really, really like that. Sometimes those just like they they just go in and they just look amazing, and that was definitely the case for Rodri, um, which means that Jesus actually picked up an assist as well, which is just crazy. Like those 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 cheeky assists, just oh, there's something else in there. That just means that he came away with ridiculous points for that game. So yeah, um, I don't begrudge anyone for thinking about it. If you want to go for someone like Gabriel Jesus, then yeah, cool. But he's not someone that I'm going to be rushing for just yet. I'm, I'm more got my eyes on Phil Foden now that he's been rested. And maybe he can go on and continue and actually play some more games for the rest of the season. So let's see what happens there. And then let's move on to the next fixture. Which again was probably one that we couldn't really predict too much. I'm talking about Norwich. Norwich against Newcastle United. So just the fact that Bruno is still the best Bruno out of the two. It's just unbelievable. Um, that goal that he scored, you can see the confidence there. And he's making me consider him now for the rest of the season. Not because um, I actually like the look of Newcastle's fixtures, but just because Bruno's nice and cheap and he's an enabler. But then when we do look at the fixtures, we just have to talk to ourselves again and say, no, that's, that's definitely not happening. We cannot be bringing in any Newcastle players with their fixture run. It is just, it is horrific. It looks really, really scary. So, yeah, I'm not going to be bringing in any Newcastle players if I'm being honest with myself. Pookie is a guy that I'm still eyeing up. Um, and I do like the look of him. And, of course, he is a guy that we can we can pretty much guarantee is going to be playing Norwich's games for the rest of the season. And, yeah, they do have a double in 36. So, again, have a look at the players that I've put in my um, ultimate transfer guide at the FPL of the day channel um, and have a look at that and let me know if you agree with that Timo Pookie pick. I won't reveal any more and I won't give away any more surprises. Just go and watch the video. But I do like the look of Pookie and I know a lot of people brought him in on the game week 34 wildcards as well and that is with good reason. He's got some nice games coming up. He, of course, does have a, a double game week coming up in 36. He's on penalties. He's going to be playing pretty much every game for Norwich as well. So, yeah, if, if you need someone nice and cheap, then, of course, Pookie's definitely one to consider, especially if you're going to be bench boosting in game week 36, which I know a lot of people are. So, yeah, he's probably the only person, surprisingly, that I'm going to be saying I would target 
from that fixture. Um, Newcastle have come away with another clean sheet, though. So, yeah, if you do have someone like Dubravka um, or you do have someone like... Um, one of their defenders or, 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 or things like that, then yeah, I would be considering maybe keeping them for a little while. They're not the first fire that we need to be putting out. But as I say, that fixture run for Newcastle for the last few games of the season isn't one that I personally would want to be attacking or going into. So yeah, the only person that I'm really interested in in that fixture, if we're talking about a knee-jerk or a reaction, is Pookie, even though he didn't do anything. But we need to attack the games ahead, not the ones that have come before, right? Something that I've learned this season. So, yeah, let's move on to another anti-climax. <laughs> the seventh fixture that we're going to talk about, which was Brentford against Spurs. Oh, so now this is another game for Spurs where they haven't recorded a shot on target, which is really, really scary because a lot of us own Kane, a lot of us own Son, a lot of us own Kulusevsky, and we need shots. Like, we need these boys to be taking some shots and to be performing. The fact that I needed Son to pretty much save my game week as well didn't help. Um, and yeah, it's just absolutely crazy that Spurs just aren't even having a shot on target. Like, what is that about? How are you going 90 minutes or two games, in fact, without actually having a shot on target? Credit to Brentford. They set up really, really well. Set up much better than Man United have done for the whole season. Um and they really, really did like there was pressing really well. There was man marking. They played they played a great game and they really did stop and solidify Spurs. Um, and I was speaking to a Spurs fan yesterday and he made a very good point. I think it's come down to that 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 thing again where, you know, at the start of the season where they wasn't they wasn't recording any shots and then they managed to find a little bit of rhythm and they found some tactics and a way to play. And then they went on that amazing run and, you know, Kanan Son was just lighting it up. But it looks like teams have now clocked on to that now. They realise if you can stop Kane, if you can stop um, Son and you can like man mark them, then Spurs can't really play. So it looks like a lot of teams have clocked on to that. They've done their research, they've done their homework. So Conte, of course, is going to have to now find a way to get round that and resolve it and like allow Spurs to play that football again that people haven't actually realised that they can clock on to. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I personally do own Son, so... Um, I'm not going to be getting rid of him, but if I didn't own him, I don't know if I'd be rushing to bring him in. It's one of those ones. Um, I don't know, maybe you've got someone like Saka instead, so I'd, I'd definitely be hanging on to him. Um, and just keeping an eye, again, on Spurs and seeing what happens and seeing if it can actually be resolved and Spurs can go on to continue to smash the rest of the season and score some more goals because that's what we all need because we've all got Spurs assets, right? Kuliseski has been like a bargain, Kane... Son, players like that, we need them to start returning. So, yeah, we're going to keep an eye on it, see what happens there for the rest of the season. Um, I wouldn't be rushing to bring in any Spurs players, like I say right now, but if you've got them, I would still hold. And let's move on to the last two fixtures of the game week, starting with Chelsea, which is probably one of the most frustrating ones for everybody in the FPL community. Why? Because we all brought in Chelsea assets, didn't we? We all brought in... People like Rhys James, Alonso, Mason Mount, Havertz, Werner. Um, and then it was an anti-climax. Like, the whole game was pretty much nil-nil. We pretty much assumed that it was going to end like that. Loads of us, I know, captained um, Mason Mount. I did personally as well. 
didn't really do anything. Um, so now we're all buggered and we're all annoyed. Unless, of course, you brought in Alonso. I mean, that was probably the saving grace. Um, very unlucky if you brought in Reese James or if you are a Reese James owner um, and he managed to stay because he, he, he was rested and he's, well, I say rested, but they're saying that it was an injury. But I just we just don't know what's happening with him. Like sometimes, sometimes he's fit, sometimes he's not fit. So yeah, I do feel like if you're going for a defender, Alonso is probably the the smartest move, um, especially for his price range. The only thing is, we do have reports that um, Chilwell is going to be coming back real, real soon. Well, I say soon, but yeah, the tweet the tweet said that he's back in training. So. I don't know. I agree with what a lot of the community are saying that back in training doesn't mean that he's going to be returning to football. So, yeah, that just means that maybe he's trying to build up some fitness. But again, we're going to be keeping an eye on it. Keep a lookout um, on the Fantasy Football Scout Twitter page. And then you can see like if there's any updates or things like that, then yeah, that you'll see it there first. But uh, I'm not too worried about it. I don't feel like Chilwell is going to be going to be taking Alonso's place anytime in the near future so yeah I we knew this before we even brought in Alonso if you're a new Alonso owner and I still brought him in personally as well um West Ham again a team that we're not really looking at for the rest of the season players like Antonio was great at the start Bowen of course had his period where he was amazing I'm happy with the points that he got for us there um so yeah he's not they're not they're not going to be anyone that we're looking at maybe Aaron Cresswell at a push but Again, there's there's much more better, more solidified defenders um, and players that we can be picking rather than the Hammers right now. Sorry, West Ham fans, if you're watching. Uh, last but not least, of course, we had Liverpool versus Everton, the Merseyside derby. The other person that was a captain in this game, I think if a lot of people, it was really split this week. So a lot of people went for Salah, a lot of people went for Mason Mount. Those of us that went for Salah um, managed to get an assist. I, like I said, went for Mason Mount, so we've still got another game to see what happens there. But yeah, Salah did look like Salah looks. Liverpool looks like how Liverpool looks. Everton set themselves up with a, a, a great game plan, if you are an Everton fan, um, just to frustrate Liverpool, which didn't really allow them to play. But just the fact that Liverpool still managed to come away with two goals once Klopp made those changes as well, like it was a different game. Luis Diaz, great player. Like It will be, it will be very interesting to see who starts next season for Liverpool and who Klopp considers is Liverpool's best starting eleven now because Jota and, and Diaz are going to be fighting for that place. Um, and Divock Origi obviously came on and scored a goal. So yeah, we're not going to be bringing in um, Origi. I feel like Diaz could be an amazing punt if you want to go for someone a little bit differential and you've got some money to spread around the rest of your midfield, then maybe someone like Diaz could be an option. Um the highlight, of course, is going to be Salah. He's going to be the person that we're still going to continue to target. Um, and yeah, I, I'm very interested in Everton players going into the rest of the season, though. Just because game week 36 and 37, they've got those doubles. Um, and Rich Arlison is a guy that I'm eyeing up. Gordon did look really threatening. He looked like a pest as well against Liverpool. So if he can continue to do that, like there was that break that he had where he completely just like ran and just caused so much problems and then Alexander-Arnold had to take him out. Um, so if he continues to do things like that, then he could be a really, really nice enabler. So we're going to keep an eye on him too um, for Everton. I do want to be bringing in either Gordon or Richarlison for 36 or 37. So yeah, we're going to keep an eye on those guys. But of course, Robertson was the hero of the game week. You've seen him on the thumbnail. Um, he's come away with some nice points there. So yeah, big up if you are uh, Andy Robertson. 
owner Trent was a little bit unlucky um, obviously got the booking as well so yeah a bit unlucky if you are a Trent owner but Liverpool assets we don't need to be you don't need me to tell you that Liverpool are going to still be great assets for the rest of the season right you don't need me to tell you that so there we go there we have it. That is the knee jerk for game week 35. Let me know if you disagree with any of the any of the thoughts or opinions or players that we've spoken about. And let me know, most importantly, who you're going to be targeting and who you're going to be bringing in for game week 35, 36, 37 and the rest of the season. Um, as I say, I'm still a very much fresh face on Fantasy Football Scout. I'm doing all my work and all my videos over here at FPL of the day. So please do come and check out the last video that I've done. Some nice transfer tips there. And obviously, of course, get involved on Twitter as well and let me know what you're saying. Hit me up. Love the interactions. And I'll see you on the next one. All right. Good luck.